You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall here, as always, a little bit of a scheduling conflict for the next week of shows. There is no Jake. Jake is going to be on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show for two episodes, and instead, it's the return of Adam Caster to the Basement Talk podcast. Hello, sir. Hello, Mr. Birdsall. Uh, let me say, whenever I come on as a quote-unquote guest, it always feels weird when I'm not doing the intro. Yeah, I have to say, you're much better at it than I am. But obviously, I'm not going to, you know, Raina, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not going to show you up. That's what I was thinking. You are just way, way, way too kind. So the NHL trade deadline. It's going to be a busy time for a lot of teams. The deadline is April 12th, and it's going to be a lot of crazy things going on within the National Hockey League schedule. So uh, the way we're going to do it is we're going to be going through all of the 32 teams, going through by division. All 31. You mean Seattle too? 31, yes. I, I'm... Adam, I see you and I'm thinking football. Okay. That's fair. I'm thinking I'm thinking football. I know I know 31, but I see you, I think 32. So forgive me. Well, I mean 32 the Seattle Kraken, their presence is felt. Well, yes. I mean that there has been some that's a bit of, Kraken yeah. and, and GM Ron Francis have been a little busy. Yeah. Which I'm sure we can kind of talk about a little bit. Um, but We'll be going through by division, as I said, starting with the Eastern Division and then just going on from there. So the way we start every show, per usual, Deep Sleeper. Adam, what do you got? Okay, my Deep Sleeper. It's funny that you had that flub and said 32 teams because my Deep Sleeper is Ron Francis. Mm. Because uh, this entire trade deadline, we're going to see it in the actual trade deadline and everybody's talking about it is the looming presence of the expansion draft where teams, most teams are going to be protecting uh, seven forwards and three defensemen um, and one goalie. And basically you're going to see a lot of teams either trying to cut deals with, with Seattle, like what happened with Vegas uh, two years ago or three years ago. And you're going to see a situation where teams maybe, I don't know, you're just going to see some creative asset management. And that's why Ron Francis is a deep sleeper, because it's like the specter of Seattle, where it's like, man, we can trade for this guy, but then is he going to get, is he just going to get exposed in the expansion draft and taken by the Kraken? It's a, it's a thing that teams have to think about with the trade deadline, which I feel like it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention to the 2017 trade deadline, but it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as talked about as it was with this trade deadline where it wasn't like teams were like, Oh, well, what if who's Vegas going to pick in the expansion draft? We need to, we need to mess around with our assets and really figure out what we're going to be doing here. But now it's front and center because teams don't want to get burned like they did, like they got burned by Vegas, where Vegas got 
they got Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith it, ju- from the Florida Panthers basically for free. Yeah, for free. For free. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think uh, the what general managers have learned from the last expansion draft with the with the Golden Knights is definitely going to come, I would at least think, very much uh, into play this time around. Uh, my deep sleeper is very short, very simple, very sweet, because we have a lot to get into. Jack Eichel, the ever-looming presence of one young prince, Jack Eichel. Please, Lord, have mercy. If you're not going to get dealt to the Rangers, or if he's not getting dealt, or if he is getting dealt on April 12th, at least have it be to the Rangers. Um, I doubt the Rangers would trade for him on April 12th. I think it's more of a uh, a summer deal if the Rangers are going to go ahead and do it. So I'm hoping that Jack Eichel does not get traded on, uh, on the 12th. Praying. Praying to the Lord. That's a good call. Praying to Lord Jesus that Jack Eichel is not get traded. Yeah. An interesting thing about that also is just seeing everybody was starting when Jack Eichel was healthy, everybody was talking about all these trade packages for Jack Eichel. And the crazy thing, the crazy thing is that first round picks seem to be absent, very conspicuously absent from a lot of these packages. A lot of it was prospects. And I think. I, I'm reading about this uh, somewhere either on The Athletic now or uh, in some of Greg Wyshynski's articles on ESPN where he's saying that GMs are devaluing first-round picks because of how much of a crapshoot the draft is going to be this year mm-hmm. where you can't scout in person. Some leagues aren't even holding games. It's going to be – it's harder than it's ever been to evaluate players for the draft. And frankly, I think this would have been the best year to just postpone it and kind of double up in, uh, in 2022, because there is no way that you're going to know that teams are really going to know who their guy is. Well, you look at a team like Buffalo is going to just going to say, okay, we're not going to have a draft when we completely totally suck. Well, they also don't have any scouts either. So it's like, don't trust us with draft picks. We don't have any scouts. Yeah, well, the lottery exists for a reason. Detroit was the worst team in the league last year by a sizable amount, and we obviously know how the draft lottery went. Well, yes, we do. But also, there's no Alexi Lafreniere or even a Quinton Byfield, it seems no. like, in this draft. No, there's not. There's not. I believe the number one pick right now, if I remember – Correctly, the consensus number one pick, or at least who it's being talked about right now, is uh, Matthew Benier or Owen Power. Yeah, both of course from uh, from Michigan. Benier more of a uh, center, and then Owen Power a uh, a very very large uh, D man. So also yeah, the, the third Hughes is there, Luke. Yeah, the, the third the third Hughes is there, and he's probably, if I had to take a guess, he's probably going to go to uh, to the Kraken. Yeah. If All of right. course they they draw friendly in the uh, in the in the lottery, so let's go and jump into these T 
teams. And we're going to give you specifics. We're going to go through whether each team is a buyer or a seller. Go through what each team needs and potentially some players that could fit each team uh, and try and get them over the top in terms of pushing towards winning a Stanley Cup. So we start with the East Division and we are going to start with the Boston Bruins. Uh, they have about $8.7 million in available cap space. Uh, the Bruins right now are the number four team in the East Division with 41 points, three points clear of the fifth place Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Adam, are they are the Bruins buyers? Are they sellers? Um, and what do you think that they uh, need? Well, I think the Bruins are buyers and because even though they're in the fourth playoff spot, um, this is a team that has an aging core and they kind of want to, and they need to make the most out of it. And I mean, I, I think that they're going to buy um, a lot of people thought they were going to suck this year when they lost Tori Krug and Zidane Ochara. And they just didn't look all there in the bubble. Maybe that was the lack of Tuka Rask for most of it. But um, I think this, this year they showed that they're that they can still contend at least for the playoffs. And I think they're going to be buying. Yeah. I think they're going to be buying as well. And I think the number one thing that they need is they, they have obvious holes in this team um, in terms of scoring depth. They are very, very dry in that area. They are basically one of the worst goals for percentage teams in the national hockey. They get five on five. And the fact that they are at, 41 points is a minor miracle. Holy crap. They only have 80, in and of itself. 88 goals for. Yeah. That's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I think the number one thing that they need, if there's a hole that I think they desperately need is it's definitely a rental. They're not going to be going out and, you know, looking to acquire a, a top notch star or anything like that. But I think a winger, for them would really, really help. I'm looking at someone like Kyle Palmieri uh, from the New Jersey Devils. The Devils probably will be selling at this deadline. They could bring in Palmieri, have him be a winger for David Krejci, who, I believe it or not, Adam, has only one goal this entire year, but has 20-some-odd assists. I did see that stat, and I kind of had to double-take for a second there. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous. So... I think a winger for, for Boston makes makes all the sense in the world. But I think what Boston could eventually end up doing is trying to protect themselves from any form of getting hurt with this expansion draft. I mean, the two guys that I think they have to protect at all costs are Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy. They are not going anywhere. And then if you include... Uh, guys that are just under contract there and have no movements like uh, Priest Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand, then, you know, you're looking at potentially signing uh, a UFA that they could expose for, for this draft. And if they hold on to him, great. If they don't, then Seattle gets themselves a a defenseman or something like that, that would, um, that would help them. So uh, yeah, I think, that Boston, the, the way for them to go would be going for a uh, for a winger at the deadline, and then trying to figure out a way that they can uh, they can protect themselves at uh, for the expansion draft. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, some of the names, one name that's kind of, that could be cheap for them. Uh, the, the Bruins are actually ruined, rumored to have interest in this, in this player. It's Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes. Be a good he, fit for them. He has uh, no trade protection. He's only ma- he's making less than a million dollars uh, on an expiring contract. Uh, he's had nine goals, sixteen assists, and I mean the the Coyotes are. We're going to talk about them. They're they are sellers at the deadline. They're going to try and offload a, a fair amount of their players so they can recoup draft picks because they just don't have a lot of draft picks. And I think Connor Garland would be a guy for for the Bruins that kind of makes sense. I mean, Nikita Gusev just got put on waivers also, but he has a, he's making a fair amount of money. Uh, he's making four and a half million dollars. So I don't think that the Bruins would be going for that, but um, yeah, they do need a winger though um, because their, their winger depth is just terrible at this point. So let's move on to the easiest team to talk about on the entire list. And that is the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we mentioned Jack Eichel. Adam, let's not talk about Jack Eichel. Okay. As, so, much, as, as, much, as much as we may want to, as, as tempting as it is. Cross my heart. You could say it's like a Jack, I, Jack Eichel minefield, potentially, when you're talking about the Sabres. But we're not going to talk about Jack Eichel. Uh, th- I, this team is a seller. We can both agree on that. Mm-hmm. And they need no, to be selling. I think selling... the Buffalo Sabres should buy. <laughs> oh, you think they should buy? Yeah, you know, they're only like, what, like 20 points out of a playoff spot? They're fun. They'll, they'll make a comeback. What do they have, 19 points, I think it yeah, is? Yeah, they have 19, 19 points, points currently. currently. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrendous. That's that's absolutely horrific. And, I mean, the amount of movable pieces that they have, I mean, I don't know what Jeff Skinner's trade value is right now. I think I uh, think Buffalo, he has a no-movement clause either. Yeah, he does, also. but he, he would he would waive that to get the fuck out of Buffalo. I, I know I would know that for a fact, considering he's been a healthy scratch times this year. Uh, he's just been God awful. Uh, yeah. You need to get, if you're Jeff Skinner, you need to get the hell out of Buffalo. Uh, they've already made one move so far, trading Eric Stahl to the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm looking at this team. They have about 1.8 million in available cap space. You trade someone like Taylor Hall, where say you say you eat about the remaining four, He's got eight million left in his deal. You could probably get away with eating about half of that. So four million, you free up an extra four million in cap space. You get five point eight million. Then you can start working on potentially re-signing some of your notable restricted free agents, two of which include Rasmus Dahlin and Sam Reinhardt. So um, I think everyone should be on the table for the Buffalo Sabers to uh, to potentially deal, and any team that's looking for uh, some some winger help a la the Boston Bruins should be looking for the Buffalo Sabres and maybe trying to get one of Taylor Hall or Jeff Skinner off of their hands. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Hall would be a great buy low candidate for, um, for any contending team because, but I mean, you have, you basically have all the leverage. It's like, do you really want to keep paying Taylor Hall $8 million this year when you can just trade him? Dustin only have to pay him $4 million. If you want to retain, if you want to retain half of his salary, and then you know you're getting Taylor Hall, and if he's good for you, then maybe you're only giving up. Since he's been terrible so far with Buffalo, you're only giving up like maybe a mid-round pick, maybe for Taylor Hall or or a middle of the road prospect. 
I mean, another guy that really that I think is a really good ad for a team that's looking for this kind of uh, offensive puck moving defenseman, a uh, Brandon Montour from from Buffalo. Uh, he's an a pending unrestricted free agent, makes about three somewhere in the range of three ish million dollars a year. Three point uh, eight five million. Three point eight five million. Okay, that was that was never a number I would have said. Fair enough. But, it's because I'm looking at it. That's why. Oh well, there you go. I mean, this is. This is a guy whose productivity has just flat out fallen through the floor in in Buffalo. So if you're looking for a guy that won't cost you much. Except will, for the game against the Flyers. Except for the game against the Flyers. Yes, thank you, Buffalo, for beating the Flyers. I greatly appreciate that. I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's going to move the puck, that could be a very solid second pair D-man with some offensive upside. Uh, Brandon Montour uh, could be the guy. And I would have even said Jake McCabe good draw interest as well but he's out for the year with a i believe it's a knee injury so that definitely i think takes him very much out of the equation for for buffalo all right uh, another selling team i think another selling team yes the new, the new jersey devils who are flush with cap space and around 38 million dollars worth of cap space to deal with at this deadline they are sellers Adam, I think the real question for me is outside of Nico Hishier and Jack Hughes, I, who would they not? Who, who who would they not trade? Uh, I mean, they wouldn't trade Mackenzie Blackwood. I think they, they would. I think they see it. They see him as a piece, as a really good piece for them moving forward. He just isn't consistent enough. That's my biggest thing with Blackwood is that he's just he's just not consistent enough. I mean, the Devils have a lot of work to do on defense. Yeah, defensively they are all over the map. I mean, if you're looking at uh, potential unrestricted free agents for the Devils that they could potentially be moving at this deadline, I don't think Travis Ajak is one that that goes anywhere. Kyle Palmieri talked about him already being linked with the Boston Bruins. I mean, I just I'm just looking at what the Devils need to do. They just need to trade everyone and anybody, quite frankly. And and Nikita Gusev just needs a change of scenery, quite frankly, because it just has not worked out for him in, uh, in New Jersey. God, he's a black hole. He's a minus 12 on the year. That's horrendous. Uh, two goals, three assists in, 24 ga- in 20 games. That's the same point total as Sammy Vatanen, who is a defenseman, by the way. Jesus. So I mean, they have they have three defensemen that they could potentially trade. Vatnin is one. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov is another. And then Ryan Murray could be another one that could could get moved. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that they don't have to worry about finding takers for that uh, PK Subban contract because they could, they have the cap space to hold on to him. True. Very true. Okay, so uh, we're on to the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is an interesting one for the Islanders because they don't have any cap space. They do not have any cap space to work with. So this is going to be interesting I mean, as to how the good. Islanders go about taking care of, of business. And I think one guy that they was going to have to trade someone that's on their roster right now 
to free up cap space. And maybe one guy who could be that is someone like, and I know Islanders fans are not going to like this too much, but Anthony Beauvillier, who's a pending unrestricted free agent. You know, if you can get his cap hit off the books, which I believe is in, in the range of $2 million a year, get that off the books, you're able to go and do other things with the money that you have available. And they need a forward, potentially even a center with the injury to Anders Lee, who now is out for the season with the torn ACL. And then maybe a sixth or seventh defenseman to really, uh, really help them. Cause the Islanders, the Islanders are a really, really, really good team. Second place in the Eastern division right now with 48 points, two points behind the first place, Washington capitals. Um, I mean, this, this, this is going to be Lou Lamorello needing to work his magic at him, I, I, I kind of think. Yeah, I agree. The The Islanders, it's actually kind of nuts where you see a lot of their, their cap numbers. And it's kind of top-heavy where you have uh, Matthew Barzell making $7 million, uh, Brock Nelson making $6 million, Eberle making five and a half, Josh Bailey making five, Paggio making five, uh, Cal Clutterbuck making three and a half. Casey Zizekas is a pending uh, is a pending free agent. They're going to have to sign him. Um, honestly, one player that they could probably get rid of, even though he he is versatile, is Leo Komarov, mm. who he's making three million dollars. He's a UFA in two years. Um, after the 2021-2022 season. Take him with a draft pick. Yeah. Or somebody, yeah. That makes sense. Or or if they want to get rid of uh, Thomas Hickey, but I know that he's well-liked by by the Islanders, so I don't think they would want to do that. But I think Leo Komarov would be a guy that they can potentially think about uh, as far as uh, shedding salary. But, yeah, no, they really don't. They have literally no cap space. It's kind of nuts. No, they have absolutely nothing. They have absolutely nothing to work with. Um, I think in terms of a name that I would like for the Islanders potentially, if, and and again, this is pending that Nashville are going to go in this direction and they are going to shed a little bit of pieces. How about like someone like a Mikhail Granlund center that can play on the wing if you need him to, but is better off as a center and can really be a contributing factor to your uh, bottom six forwards. Yeah. I mean, you have, you already had, so you have uh, basically, I think Leo Komarov was, is the Islanders fourth center. So pretty much uh, because Anders Lee is out for the season. So it would have been, it would be Barzal, Pajot, uh, Sezikis, and then Granlin. Granlin would be a great pickup for, for the Islanders. He is, I mean, he, like you said, he's a, Pending unrestricted free agent yep. expiring contract. So I think that would, that would be a pretty solid move. Yeah. I mean, as, as for what the Islanders are, I think that this is a, I'll break the fourth wall. You can hear Abby in the background. She's not a fan of us talking about the New York Islanders. I'm not, I'm not either, but I think personally, this is a good, not great team. That's kind of stuck in quicksand with no real way of being able to improve what they have. And I think it's going to hurt them when you have other teams that are in and around them 
that have ways of improving, such as the Bruins and the Capitals. So we'll get to in just a minute. And I think that could really hurt the Islanders come come down the stretch if they're going to be stuck with with this team. So Lou Lamorello is going to have to get very creative in terms of how he's able to free up some cap space to try and improve this team to the best way that he possibly can. Yeah, basically they're paying for the sins of uh, Garth Snow because that Andrew Ladd contract is still in the minors. Is bar- well, not in the minors, but in the taxi is on the taxi squad. AK is buried. Yeah, he's buried, and they're going to be paying him uh, until 2023. So have fun with that, Islanders. Yeah, yeah, very true. Hopefully they don't go anywhere. Fuck the Islanders. Yeah. All right, so let's go to our team, the New York Rangers. Uh, they have a projected four and a half million dollars worth of cap space at this deadline. Um, Adam, to me, the Rangers need to sell, 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 and it is not close. I, I want to say yes. I agree with you. I don't think they should sell ev- everything because I think they have they have a core here. No, not sell not sell everything, but maybe maybe you get something for. Say you get something for Pavel Buchnevich. Say someone comes along and offers and offers up a first round pick or something for Pavel Buchnevich, who is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. I think you need to think about that. I really do. I I would think about that. He's probably the only contract I think the only player I think people would be very very interested in that's not like a grinder. I mean, of course I want to get rid of like Brett Howden because he's because fuck him. Yeah, be, true. Get, get get well soon, but also fuck him. Nah, fuck him. And then how about and I know this is this is a just like persona non grata at this point, but Tony D'Angelo. I know. Him too. Fuck him. Love Tony. I absolutely love Tony. Uh, he's terrible. He's been given a raw deal. He d- I'm not I'm not getting into this. Jack Johnson played 20 minutes a night and Tony D'Angelo wasn't even getting on the ice. That's a disgrace. It's because Tony D'Angelo is a lughead. It's because Tony D'Angelo was completely blackballed, but I digress. This is a team that needs to clear the deck as much as they possibly can for the kids. If you can get Pavel Buchnevich out, you get a first-round pick in, boom, there's, there's a spot right there to get Vitaly Kravtsov into this team, get Capo Kako elevated and have him playing some first, second-line minutes consistently because lately Capo Kako has started to come into his own, which is a really good sign for the New York Rangers as someone that loves Capo Kako myself. Seeing him finally just starting to get a groove a little bit, playing with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom is a big, big, big plus. So I think if you can get him a solidified, no questions asked, excuse me, top two line spot, part of the top six forwards, I think that's really going to help Capococco in terms of his future development, in terms of becoming one of the mainstay centerpieces for this New York Rangers team. No pun intended with centerpieces, by the way. Yeah. Well, it's funny because as I'm looking at the forwards that the Rangers have, it's if if we want somebody like, if we want Alexi Lafreniere on the second line too, or just have a place here, um, it seems like 
somebody has to go. I mean, you traded Brennan Lemieux to clear up space for Vitaly Kravtsov. But um, if you let's say you keep the the KZB line on the on the first line, and then you have Kako, Strom, and Panarin on the second line, and that, and then you just have like a kid line, I guess, of Lafreniere, Philippeidel, and Julian Godier, or Colin Blackwell. I don't know. Yeah. You could, because I mean, let's just face it too. The Rangers are going to have about $20 million worth of cap space over the summer. So they'll be able to go and improve this team in free agency. So I'm not too worried about the Rangers needing to go out and, you know, try and, you know, make tit for tat right now. I think that what they're better off doing is selling whatever assets they believe that they should be selling. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich has played really, really well. I'm a big fan of his. I love him. But I think if you can recoup an asset for him, I think it's worthwhile, especially if you're telling me that that first-round pick, you could potentially flip in a deal for Eichel, I think, or even someone that's at that level of Eichel that can come in and help this team. I am for it because the Rangers the Rangers have too many wingers so someone has to go yeah I mean that's why it's true the Rangers do have too many wingers and you need to consider also that there is a Mika Zibanejad contract year on the horizon so you need to make a decision then with Zibanejad you know what do you do with with Mika right and also I mean who knows which coaching staff is going to even be is even going to be here in 2022 by the time that's over. But Ryan Strom will also be an unrestricted free agent at the same time as as Mika. And Correct. then you have to worry about you know the RFA contracts at least this off season. You have to worry about the RFA contracts for Ryan Lindgren um, and Le- and Libor Hayek, and also Phil Pedel and Phil Pedel, yeah, yeah, and Gauthier. If right. you have any interest in bring and bring Gauthier back into. Uh, into the full. I think they should. I really think they should. I like what I've seen from, from Gauthier. I like him a lot. Yeah, I do too. But at least the uh, Brendan Smith contract is going to be coming off the books. So that's always nice. And Henrik Lundqvist as well. Yeah. And Mark Stahl. Yep. So that'll be a much needed relief for, uh, for the New York Rangers. But again, I said at the start of the season, when I did the, uh, the preview podcast for the year with Connor and Andrew, I had said that this is a gap year for the Rangers. Play the kids, let them adjust, and then you go into next year, and that's when you need to see some growth from this Rangers team. Oh, and by the way, I did say in that podcast too, which I was met with a lot of grief for saying such a thing, that the Dallas Stars would not be a playoff team. Right now they're second to last in their division, so pat on the back to uh, to me for that. And Adam, if you don't believe me, you can go back and listen to that show because I did say that. I will, but – I, could you have possibly predicted that Dallas is going to have is not going to have Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben for most of the year? Um, I just said that Dallas was not as good as I thought they were, as many people thought they were. Okay, that's what I said. I did. I, I didn't, you know, put into my my crystal ball. I did not see oh Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben being out for the majority of the year is my reason for picking the Dallas Stars to not make the playoffs. Granted, I didn't think the Chicago Blackhawks make the playoffs either, but 
you know, here we are. This is the world that we're living in. Our our Chicago Bears correspondent on the Basement Talk podcast, managed show, Benny Cable, at least has something to cheer about with Chicago sports in the form of the Blackhawks. So good for him. Glad well, to see yeah. that he's happy in some regard. You know, the Bulls are making moves too. You know, they've lost like six straight games, five well, straight games. Hey, they're 12th seed in the, uh, in the East. <laughs> yeah, apparently that means a lot now. 12th seed gets in. 12th seed gets in. All right, so let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, about $5 million worth of cap space. Uh, Adam, they need to clear the deck and they need to do something uh, because this is, again, this is another example of a team that Very is sinking ship. I don't, I don't know if they would even say sinking ship. I would just say they are a good, not great team with very, very obvious holes. Fifth place in the Eastern Division right now at 38 points. They have a ton of prospects that they can go and flip in terms of trying to make a deal. I think for me, the number one thing that they have to do is get a defenseman. Have to, have to, have to, especially with putting Shane Godisphere on waivers. He cleared waivers, by the way. So cleared waivers. Yep. Cleared cleared waivers. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Maybe they are just trying to save that that salary cap space to try and make some sort of a deal. But they need to get a big time, big time defenseman and the problem is i just don't know what huge name is going to be out there and you need to consider that travis sanheim and philippe myers are two players right now that the flyers want to keep in terms of protection for the expansion draft if they acquire somebody that's on a multi-year contract one of sanheim or myers would be exposed and the flyers do not want to do that. So well, Sanheim is going to be a restricted free agent also. Right. But he would be, he would end up being exposed. Yes. Or, or he wouldn't be exposed because the flyers don't tender him and he'd become an unrestricted free agent. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, this team are buyers for me and I don't know. I don't think they're, I don't think they're buyers. Really? I think this team, the momentum is not going in the favor of, of the Philadelphia Flyers. And listen, I'm not going to tell them to just burn everything, but I think that this year you kind of just have to think about what you're doing. I don't know. I mean, I want them to be sellers because the team just doesn't look like it's going to be going anywhere if they make the playoffs, but maybe the contracts uh, that they have are too long and for too much money and are for so much money that they can't be sellers really. Because you're going to be paying Kevin Hayes uh, until 2026. You're going to be paying Claude Giroux until 2022. Jakub Voracek until 2024. Travis Konechny until 2025. Uh, JVR until 2023. James N. Reemsdyke. Great guy. Love him. Ivan Provorov until 2025. And um, the aforementioned Philippe Myers. Until 2023, and Shane Gosses Bear, the Ghost Bear, will be paid will be paid until 2023 as well. 
if they don't find a way to buy him out, maybe. But I think that for the for the sake of the Flyers, they should find some some takers for some of their for some of their players so they can get better prospects in the system. Uh, so they can build more for the future and kind of try like they already tried to phase out the old guard from when they made it to the Stanley Cup 10 year the Stanley Cup final 10 years ago. And basically Claude Giroux was like the only holdover for that from that. And I think JVR ironically. <laughs> um but at this point they they might need to retool again because it doesn't this team doesn't seem like it's really going anywhere at this point. Let's move on to the third place team in the Eastern division, the Pittsburgh Penguins tied on points with the Islanders at 48, two points behind the Washington Capitals and seven points clear of four of fourth place Boston. Uh, The Penguins, they're an interesting spot. They have about $750,000 worth of cap space. So basically they are up against the cap ceiling. Uh, I'm looking at the Penguins and I just say, you know what? They have so many just God awful contracts that it's going to be tough for new GM Ronnie Hextall to really do a whole lot at the deadline. I would say that they're buyers, but it's going to be a little difficult to do. If you can get someone to move Marcus Peterson, who they are going to be paying roughly $4 million up until 2025, that would be good. If you could potentially move someone like Mike Matheson, whose contract is just abhorrent. God. On the on the left side of their defense, it is disgusting by every stretch of the imagination. And I just think right now it's about clearing the deck as much as you possibly can and getting Pittsburgh away from the Jim Rutherford go for broke method, so to speak, that Pittsburgh was utilizing for what seems like the last 25 years when Jim yeah. Rutherford was GM of this Penguins team. Brian Burke's just like, what the fuck did I sign up for? <laughs> uh, Brian Burke is is somewhere smiling and saying, yes, okay, Jim Rutherford is gone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me he puts on like some rubber gloves. And is like, I'm going to fix this. I'm, I'm going to fix this. I am Brian Burke. I am going to fix this. I mean, sure, they could buy, but like, who? It's going to be they- tough. It's going to be really, they're going to really have to either get the other team to retain salary or send another contract going the other way. Um, as far as holes on the team, I think uh, right-handed defense is a hole. I mean, Crystal Tang is, has been there and, you know, he, he's been serviceable with the Penguins. He is 33, but uh, below Chris, Chris Letang, the other right D they have is Cody Cece. Oh boy. Yeah. So maybe they should try and kind of shore up that side of the defense. We move on to Washington. This is an easy one. They are theoretical buyers, but they have no cap space whatsoever. I don't think GM Brian McLennan is going to be doing much at the deadline for Washington. Um, I think it was going to be really more interesting to watch with this Capitals team come the deadline and beyond is Alex Ovechkin and Jacob Varna are needing new contracts. Ovi is an unrestricted free agent. Jacob Varna, a restricted free agent. 
But if there's one area that Washington can try and improve, and I don't know how they would do it, but if they can go and improve this area, I would probably recommend that they go and do so. That's in goal. Uh, Ilya Samsonov has not been himself this year after uh, getting COVID-19 earlier in the season. And while Vitek Vanacek has looked pretty good in goal for Washington, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be carrying Washington to, let's say, an Easter Conference final on his back. So if they can go out and they can go get themselves a a goalie that can really help them, uh, in, at least for the short term, I think that could really help Washington. And, and they were... And I'll give, I'm going to give credit to Vanacek and to Samsonov because they've been put in a tough spot. That job obviously is supposed to go to Henrik Lundqvist, who, of course, has dealt with his own uh, health issues uh, off the ice. So he has not been with the Capitals this past year. So it's really just belonged, that job has belonged to two young goaltenders. And they've done a relatively really, really good job. Uh, 50 points atop the East Division. So good for them in that regard but it gets tighter and tighter in, uh, in the playoffs. And I'm just not sure if, if, Wash- if those goaltenders are going to inspire the Capitals and their fans to the point where they're confident in saying that they're going to go to an Eastern Conference final or potentially a Stanley Cup final where they have the talent, this roster, but they still have some holes for sure. And I think in gold is the most obvious one. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about goaltenders that are here, a lot of them, most of them are making around $3 million, uh per year. A lot of the expiring contract goalies where you have uh, goalies like Jonathan Bernier, Devin Dubnik, um, and David Riddich. So, I mean, if you want to throw in somebody like uh, Brendan Dillon or Nick Jensen, throw, the, uh, throw them going the other way to try and make the numbers work. They can try that. I mean, preferably Brendan Dillon because he makes uh, he makes a fuck ton of money, mm-hmm. um, and he's just kind of like, eh. And he's probably not going to get any better. I mean, he's thirty years old, and so is Nick Jensen. I'm surprised. I remember back in back in my day when Nicholas Jensen was a young a young Rangers prospect. <laughs> my oh my! But uh, yeah, the, the only way that they're going to be buying is if uh they're going to be if if they're going to be sending significant salary in the other direction and i don't know in this current environment i don't think that's gonna really be feasible where teams are like yeah sure i'll I'll take this money totally no No, i don't i don't think so either i think the the capitals are kind of stuck with what they have been i mean 50 points atop the east division which i mean a lot of people were saying is probably you know top to bottom the most competitive division uh, in hockey this year. Give him credit for that. But I just think if there's one hole that the, that the caps have, it definitely is in, uh, is in between the sticks. So uh, if there's an area that I think they would need to go and improve. It is that, but I think the contracts for Ovechkin and Varna are or Verona, excuse me, are going to be uh, very interesting to, uh, to look at. So well, they might have to do that. They might have to give up money anyway because they have to sign yeah. if they want to sign Ovi and Verana to yeah. uh, to new contracts. Yeah, definitely. So we go to the North Division, and we are going to start with the Calgary Flames. They have about one point eight seven million 
in cap space with a long list of pending free agents, which includes Sam Bennett. Uh, some people have said that Sam Bennett is a interesting choice that could be moved. Uh, you know, they, they, I think Sam Bennett has been talked about potentially being moved for the better part of the last two years or so. So I'm not particularly surprised that this has arose again. Um, what does Calgary need? It's tough to assess because this is just another team that I don't think this team is good enough to be challenging for for the Stanley Cup this year. I, I mean, I, I just don't. And they have talent. But it just feels like they've been stuck in like this middle ground for, quite frankly, forever. And they're four points off. They're still very much in this race. And I think, you know, if they're going to gear up to potentially make a run at the Canadians, who have 39 points as of time of recording, you know, it, it, it can potentially, uh, potentially get done. Yeah, I don't see Calgary as buyers, even though they – even though they they hired uh, Daryl Sutter to try and provide a spark to the team, I just don't see Calgary as buyers. They need to they need to blow it up. This I don't think they can win with this team. Well, I think we've been talking about you know Calgary needing to blow it up now for the better part of the last year and a half. When I believe I believe we did a show about this last year, even Adam, or I did it with somebody. I I, I completely forget, but I remember saying that this is the time for the Flames. This was last year saying if they can't get it done with this core they have of Monaghan, Goudreau, one of them has to go. And I think, you know, now they're kind of in the middle of, you know, buying, potentially gear up for a playoff race, which they're talented enough to do and selling, blowing the whole thing up and and, and starting over. I mean, Daryl Sutter's got a hell of a job on his hands in terms of taking stock of what he has in terms of, you know, unrestricted free agents that could become available uh, for his team. And then the restricted free agents as well and seeing what they want to keep, what they don't want to keep. I think the the obvious one for me is Sam Bennett getting out of uh, Calgary finally, but they're, they are one of those teams that definitely uh, teeter. Uh, this is an easy one. The Edmonton Oilers, uh, they have literally zero cap space as well. Uh, it's going to be very interesting for, for Edmonton, considering the list of unrestricted free agents that they have, uh, most notably Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who at rise of right now is projected to be one of the top centers on the free agent market come the summer. Now, of course, the ever-looming presence of Jack Eichel, of course, kind of usurps Ryan Nugent Hopkins a little bit in his free agency Um campaign i guess if you would like to call it that but you know you also have adam larson who's become a very very good defensive defenseman in edmonton i know adam we all all laughed have joked about that time and time again about the the adam larson taylor hall trade that nobody thought peter shirelli the old general manager for the edmonton Oilers, could have possibly won he did he did oh my God, Peter win Shrelly. that trade. He won that trade because where's Taylor Hall? Where's Adam Larson? Taylor Hall's not in New Jersey. Adam Larson is still at Edmonton. So 
good on you, Peter Shirelli. You, you did win that trade, even though at first people were questioning you in more ways than one. Uh, Tyson Barry, who's had an, a very good year up in Edmonton, I think is someone that Edmonton is going to be very keen on trying to, uh, to tie down. So I think... Plus you have all the RFAs, like, uh, like Kyler Yamamoto. Yes. And Dominic Cahoon, Jujar Kara. Devin Shore as well. Devin Shore. Right, exactly. So I, I, I just think Edmonton, they're not going to do anything at this deadline. I think it's more of just trying to keep your own. And I don't really see Edmonton being big players at the deadline. Maybe the one thing that they can go at is getting a winger with some sort of years left on his contract. But other than that, I don't really see Edmonton doing too much. I think it'll be a quiet one for the Oilers. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I just, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like this is like it for every single team where these teams just don't have like a lot of money and no. they just don't have, they don't have the, the capital to make the, to make these moves, to make like huge moves where this could be a very quiet trade deadline. We could, we could be just like pissing in the wind with this, with this show because it's like, Oh, is anything actually going to happen? But Hopefully, hopefully something does happen more than oh, just Eric Stahl getting traded to the Canadiens. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. I'm, I'm pretty confident in, uh, in saying that. Uh, we move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Canadiens holding on to that fourth place spot in the North Division at 39 points. Uh, the Canadiens, for me, this, this is easy. Buyers, buyers, buyers. They have about $4 million in cap space. Uh, this is going to be a telling deadline for, for Montreal because they are a team that, again, they always just seem to be there. And give full credit to uh, to Mark Bergevin with the coaching change that happened during the season. No more Claude Julien in Montreal. They've done a really, really, really nice job in terms of riding the ship. Well, I was going to say credit. Montreal. Credit to Dominic Ducharme, the interim head coach. Yeah, credit to Dominic Ducharme as well. But, you know, Mark Bergevin, he's the guy that makes the decisions, and this is why they pay him the big bucks and why he's been there for as long as he has in in Montreal as well. I agree. I think somebody – I think one position, it's crazy because Montreal – for the longest time, Montreal is like, well, we don't have any centers. We need – we have no centers. We were just hoping to get John Tavares. But now they have like a – they have some really good ones in Philip Deneau, Jesperi Kokanyemi, and Nick Suzuki. But, you know, we talked about uh, Mikhail Grandland, and he would actually be a really good fit for this. I think I would love for this to happen just because, like I said, he would be a good fit. But one thing that now that we're talking about the North Division, one thing that we need to talk about is quarantine. Yeah. Because um, Canadian or uh, American players or players coming from America going to Canada. I think they actually, they shortened it now. It's a, they did. It's a week. Yep. It's a week. Quarantine. Yep. From so, the Canadian government, from our, from our good friend, Justin Trudeau. Yes. So if the Canadians trade for Mikhail Granlund, then he will have to quarantine for a week. And um, I frankly, I think that, that, w- that would be a move. Just get get a get like a lower bottom six kind of center on an expiring contract. 
I think for Montreal, if there's one thing that they could use, it's someone else in that on that blue line. And here's a bit of an emotional one for you. What about PK Subban going back to Montreal? Yeah, but the contract though. The contract is abhorrent. It is abhorrent, but PK Subban back in Montreal, that would be that would be emotional. That would, that would definitely definitely be uh, be emotional. And PK back in the same team with Shea Weber, the two guys that were traded for each other. Oh my god, that would be fun. That would that be, would really be fun. very fun. That would that yes. would be very very fun. And and you know, I mean, PK Subban, he's he, he's a bastard when you're going up against him, but he's just he's a very very likable likable guy. And I think I want to see him on a team that could potentially contend for uh, for a Stanley Cup. Well, especially in Montreal, people love PK Subban in Montreal. Yeah, still, they do. Yeah, they do. But Montreal would need to send hella money back back the other way. Yeah, because yeah, PK Subban's making nine million dollars this year. Yes, and they do not have the uh, the space to go ahead and and really make that kind of move. But a defenseman for them, I think, would be the way that I would at least go. All right, so we move on from the Montreal Canadiens and we go to one of the easier ones to talk about, the Ottawa Senators who have $35 million in projected deadline cap space. Uh, this is an easy one. Uh, they need to sell, sell, sell everything that they possibly have. Uh, but they have a really good amount of cap space to continue to keep their own. If you're looking at the notable restricted free agents, the number one guy they have is, of course, their star man, Brady Chuck. Uh, Drake Batherson is another one who has really put together a very solid campaign for the Ottawa Senators. And if you're looking at the unrestricted free agents, you're looking at someone like Erica Branson, who potentially could be back in Ottawa, maybe if they want to go that route. But I just think Ottawa wants to go younger. They want to just completely continue to embrace this this rebuild that they have. And look at what Ottawa's done at the, de- the deadline in the past couple of years. They've moved some big time names for big time halls, namely Matt Duchesne. Mark Stone, and of course, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Um, I, and I think this is another opportunity for the Senators to continue to wheel and deal at the at the deadline. Lest we forget, the other Ottawa Senator that was traded in that trade deadline to Columbus, who is now also a current member of the Ottawa Senators, Ryan Dezingle, a, a pending free agent. Yes, that is true. I mean, he is a guy that, I mean, he already got traded from Carolina up to uh, up to Ottawa, but honestly, I think with the with the versatility, Ryan Dzingel started out his career at center. Now he's a winger. Um, a team could really use somebody like that. Yeah, I think Dzingel definitely has value. I think also Mike Riley has value as well. They could probably be the two guys that could fetch the most uh, return for the Senators at this deadline. Uh, Goodbranson talked about him. Ottawa wants to keep him around, but there's the possibility that a team would want to add some grit uh, to their blue line. Maybe a team like Montreal would see Eric Branson potentially as an interesting fit uh, for them. So I think Ottawa really, they're just focusing on selling, 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 and then working out contracts for Brady Chuck and Drake Matheson. I think that's really the move uh, for them. All right, the Toronto Maple Leafs about $130,000 in cap space. Uh, This is going to be interesting because Toronto does not have a lot of cap space, but Kyle Dubas is... They don't really have a lot of needs either. No, no, but I think the one thing 
that they want are going to want to do. Kyle Dubas, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, go for one more top six forward to add to his potential crew of scores. And I'm looking at potential wingers for them. I see uh, Kyle Palmieri being an excellent fit for Toronto. I think that's a great one. And then, you know, if you could shed some salary in the process and you can get Taylor Hall up to Toronto, that would be an excellent, excellent fit. And you need to start talking about Toronto as potentially one of the favorites to go to the Eastern Conference final as for the first time in almost 20 years since the Maple Leafs have even been to the conference final, let alone the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, we don't talk about that game. No, we don't talk about that game at all. No. Carrie Frazier. Um, anyway, uh, one name that I think people don't talk about, it could be interesting. Uh, somebody going back to the province of Ottawa spent a lot of his career there. Bobby Ryan. You know, it's interesting one because Bobby Ryan's definitely gathered a lot of attention with he what he's done, what he's done in Detroit. Really, really well in Detroit. Um, thir- he's 33 years old, but he's making a million dollars on an expiring contract. Um, Toronto doesn't, like you said, Toronto needs like a bottom six kind of guy. You're not relying on Bobby Ryan to be the Bobby Ryan that he was with Anaheim. No. Bobby Ryan's going to be a guy that you might stick on, on the third or fourth line with Spezza um, or even with uh, Galchenyuk, who, who they just called up from the Toronto Marlies. And you can even pair him with, uh, with Wayne Simmons also. So I think that just taking advantage of the, of the limited cap space, but I don't know if Toronto is going to make any moves because Kyle Dubas wants to probably wants to sign uh, Zach Hyman to a contract. He is yeah. their major, major unrestricted free agent that uh, they, they just, they, they need to, they need to resign him. Yep. Uh and also, one thing that's worth monitoring, I listen to the Steve Dangle podcast, Pod Daltrey, but it's, it's great. They talk about the Maple Leafs, and uh, there is a lot of consternation in Maple Leaf land about what they're going to do with Freddie Anderson also. Well, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, so they could, they could attempt to try and move him. Yes. So it, it might be, it might be tough for them to maybe, maybe Washington takes a stab at that. Maybe if Washington doesn't feel good about what they have in goal, maybe they try and take Freddie Anderson off of uh, Toronto's hands. Possibility. He is making $5 million. So he is, um, he is. Washington Washington is crunched. So it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if Washington does go, go ahead and, uh, and do that. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks, uh, no cap space to speak of. They have come crashing back down to earth after being one of the best teams in the bubble in August. Uh, they are big time, big time, big time sellers for me, and they have pieces that they can move. Uh, Brandon Sutter, Alex Edler, Travis Hamanick, Tanner Pearson, all, all potential pieces that could be moved at this deadline. Considering now you have Jim Benning that has to negotiate contracts with three of his most important players who are restricted free agents in Elias Peterson, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko. 
No, well, they already signed Thatcher Demko to an extension. That's true. They did. Okay, yeah. so then one down, two to go. Five years, uh, $25 million. One down, two to go. So, And Quinn, with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson being probably the two most important. God, how much money is Elias Pettersson going to demand? I cannot wait to see that. A shit ton. That's the answer you're looking for. A shit ton. Yep. And also, they have to worry about uh, Brock Besser in two years. Yep. As well, who's going to be a restricted free agent. Absolutely. So I still think I think that uh, Vancouver is going to be going to be selling. I mean, they have. It's I don't know. Jim Benning is like Jim Benning has this problem, but he basically caused this problem himself. True. He signed Tyler Myers to a bloated contract. He signed Nate Schmidt to a bloated contract. Um, you know. He that Braden Holpe contract looks terrible right now. Um, he took on JT. Listen, JT Miller has been very good, but he he took on that salary when 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 Vancouver was was still tanking. Um, so I don't know. I I think that uh, that Vancouver is going to try and get rid of uh, some pieces at the deadline. It just remains to be seen how many teams are willing to bite on some of their players, but that, cause that's the thing about uh, bad teams is that they only have a couple of good pieces. The teams actually want. Perhaps one of my favorite stories in the national hockey league this year has got to be the Winnipeg jets and how they've gone from literally being in full out crisis with the whole Patrick line situation, ship him off to Columbus. And this Winnipeg jets team has been really really good this year they have 46 points in the north division three points off of the division lead which is currently held of course by the toronto maple leafs give full full credit to kevin shovel off their general manager uh, he's done an unbelievable job in terms of wheeling and dealing i mean they, they what they did in terms of getting pierre luc dubois for patrick line fair play because Pierre-Luc Dubois has been excellent for, for Winnipeg, and he's completely they changed to, them. Yeah, they did have to give up Jack Rosovic, who has looked really good also. Yeah, yeah, but Pierre-Luc Dubois has looked really, really good, and he's been exactly the kind of player that I think Winnipeg needed in terms of another guy that can sit right behind uh, Mark Shifley in terms of being a part of that secondary group in Winnipeg. I think if there's one thing that Winnipeg needs, and I think they are buyers, they have no cap space, but I think if there is one thing that they need, they're going to need a D-man that can probably log somewhere in the range of 17 to 20 minutes a night. I think that is probably what they would like to go and get, considering the defense for the Winnipeg Jets has been leaky at times. But I love them. I love I love this team a whole lot. And again, full, full credit to everyone up in Winnipeg, uh, including Kevin Sheveldayoff. Yeah, I think one, I mean, just as an aside, if uh, Paul Maurice didn't get his contract extended a couple of years ago, I would have loved for him to coach the Rangers. I think he would, I, be, he, he would be amazing. Completely agree. I, I love Paul Maurice. He has a, he's Canadian, I think, but he has a very New York attitude. He does. He's, but, he's no nonsense. Yeah. But, Which I like. You you look at Winnipeg's defense, 
and you see a lot of their key players um basically the guys that they have the main contributors that they have with term are only josh morrissey and dylan Demello. everybody else uh is are either going to be rfas or uh, unrestricted free agents so maybe they're thinking about uh getting somebody with term where you have like uh it's funny because everybody's talking about Matthias Ekholm, who knows now with Nashville kind of inching closer and closer to a playoff spot, maybe somebody like uh, Josh Manson of the Anaheim Ducks, Colin Miller, nobody talks about him on the Buffalo Sabres enough as being a solid defense, uh, defenseman. Or if they want to go the, uh, the rental route, you can take John Merrill, Jimmy, Dmitry Kulikov, Travis Hamanek, if you want to go uh, a little bit over to the West and take him uh, from Vancouver. So I think that, uh, yeah, they, they need defense. They need defenders. That's it. They, the offense is, is pretty solid. They no notes, only defense. <laughs> so we move on from the North. Let's go to the West division, starting off with the Anaheim doc, the Anaheim ducks. No, the Anaheim Docks. I, I mean, at least I was going to say Docks and not something else. So oh. the Anaheim Ducks, no cap space, going to miss the playoffs for a third straight season, which has not happened to them in almost 20 years. So fair play to the Ducks for that level of consistency, but that looks like it is going to come to an end. And I think this is also going to end Ryan Getzlaff's time in Anaheim. I think if you're looking at potentially what Toronto has, with Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton, how they've brought their that level of veteran leadership to a very, very young team that are now on the precipice of challenging for a Stanley Cup this year. I think there are going to be other contenders that see that and say, maybe we take a crack at Ryan Getzlaff, who is, who is on an expiring contract as well and should not cost uh, a whole lot. But, but I think for, yeah. No yeah, no movement clause, but I think he would move that. I think he would waive that to uh, to go to uh, a contender to potentially uh, go for a Stanley Cup. Um, I think if you're looking at someone else that potentially has value for this Ducks team, Ricard Raquel is another one that, you know, if you're looking at Washington, if you're looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs, those are two teams that I think could have interest in in Raquel at the very least. I think he's going to be very, very, very popular uh, guy that teams are going to contending teams are going to target at this deadline. Um, so yeah, it's really sell, sell, sell and start clearing the deck for your rebuild. Yep. Another center that I think the ducks can uh, another, as I say with gritted teeth, good center because I hate this man. He's it's Adam Henrique. Uh, I hate this ugh. man, but he can, he can get traded to, he could get traded to somebody. Yeah. For that veteranosity that team oh. that NHL teams love so much. Definitely, definitely could. Definitely could. All right. So move on to the Arizona Coyotes. Again, another easy one. Uh, the Coyotes have about $9 million in cap space. The, they are sellers to me. Uh, they have a ton of expiring deals they can get off the books. Derek Broussard, Alex Goligoski, Nicholas Jomerson, uh, Jason Demers, Anthony Ranta. So for teams looking for any sort of depth, veteran experience you know the the coyotes are chock full of that 
Um, (laughs) Do you remember when the Coyotes made the trade for Taylor Hall and completely just shocked everybody? I do. That that literally feels like about 45 years ago. It does. And uh, now look at them. It has been biting them in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the 2020 draft class they have. It is absolutely terrible. So Phoenix, Arizona, whatever they are, need they need to completely just clear the deck. Well, it's because their first pick, they they picked a scumbag with their first pick in the draft. That's true. That is true. I can't even say alleged because he because he admitted to it. But yeah, he's he's a scumbag. Yeah, Mitch Miller. Yeah. So they need to clear the deck. They need to rebuild, get as much draft picks as you possibly can, and start anew. Quite on frankly. The bright, on the bright side, uh, Marion Marion Hose's contract comes off the books oh, after the season. Whoopee. Hip hip. So they're sellers for you, Adam? Yeah, no, they're sellers for me. Um, awesome. I, I already talked about uh, Connor Garland. He he can fit a lot of teams that need that need wingers, that yeah. need winger help. I agree. I completely agree. All right. The Colorado Avalanche, the many people's favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I have about a million bucks in cap space. Uh, I am in love with this Colorado Avalanche team. Full credit to Joe Sackick and the job that he has done, uh, namely with the deals in the offseason to acquire Devontae's and Brandon Saad. Uh, even though those contracts have eaten up a lot of the cap space, uh, Taze and Saad have really come in and done a very impressive job uh, for the Avalanche. At this point, I don't. if they win a Stanley Cup, I don't think they're going to care. No, they will not care at all. Um, the only thing that I would say for Colorado is I don't think they're going to be as aggressive at this deadline only because I think they're going to be more focused on not only re-signing their own because they have to go out and they have to re-sign Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Philip Grubauer, Saad, unrestricted free agent, Matt Calvert, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar, also free agent as well. And then, of course, Kale McCarr, Tyson Jost. So they, they have a lot of their own. They need, they, need, they need to sort out at the moment. Plus, I don't think Colorado is going to go out of their way to trade for somebody that they potentially may have to expose to the Kraken at the – uh, expansion draft. So I think that Colorado is probably going to stay put with what they have. And that is not a bad thing because they are probably in my book, they are pound for pound, the best team in the national hockey league. Yeah, no, they're great. I I think they're going to go, they're going to go far. I mean, it's crazy that they haven't made it past the second round of the playoffs in this like new era of Colorado, but yeah. maybe this is the year. It could be. It could be the year. I think they. Uh, it's either. It, I think for, for what it's worth, I think it's going to come down to probably the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. Yeah. So we move on to a team that actually is kind of in a similar situation to co- to Colorado, except they're terrible, where they have all this money tied up, but they're terrible. I mean, they had they show flashes, but they're terrible. The Los it's Angeles lo- Kings. Yeah, it's the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, they have they have a lot of money available. They have about forty three million in cap space, so they are flush. But they have a lot of money tied into three players: Drew Doughty, Anzi Kopitar, and Dustin Brown. I think Dustin Brown is a prime candidate to be moved. Something just tells me that I think you know he 
He could be a great fit for a team potentially like the Islanders. I think would be a great fit for someone like Dustin Brown. I he don't like think such a Barry Trotz kind of guy. Yeah, I don't think Dowdy gets moved. I definitely don't think Kopitar gets moved. I think if one guy could get moved, it could be Dustin Brown. Um, and I think really it just comes down to, you know, if you get an offer that you think works, you take it. And then if you're the Kings, you gear up and you potentially try and make a run at Eichel over the summer, if not at the, at the deadline. Here's, I'm going to pose a crazy question to you. Sure. A question that would sound unthinkable five years ago. Surely. Do you think the Kings trade Jonathan Quick? They could. I think Washington makes a lot of sense for someone like Jonathan Quick. I think that makes a ton of sense. Yep. Especially if Washington can get some some dead dead weight off of off of their books as well. Uh, Jonathan Quick would I think would be a great fit. Great fit in in Washington. That's a great call, Adam. Really, really, really great great call. Yeah, I I think he's good. It, he's good in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you're that's what you're getting him for. So yeah. uh, it's just the money that scares that scares people away. But I think yeah. that yeah, it could be could could work out. All right, so we go from the Kings, we go to the Minnesota Wild, who are about four point eight million in projected cap space. Um, fair play to the Minnesota Wild. They've really come on over the course of the last month, sitting third right now in the West division with 44 points. Uh, I think, you know, if we were talking about this a month ago, I would have said the wild are no doubt sellers, but now I think Billy Garen is kind of forced into buying. And I think he's probably going to go out and try and buy something for this uh, Minnesota wild team. If I had to take a guess, I would say it's probably bringing on someone that could help this team's power play, which this power play is dead last in terms of efficiency in the National Hockey League. So if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, they need to absolutely improve that power play. Desperate, desperate, desperately. Yeah, I think talking about the expansion draft also, um, it's going to be tough for Minnesota to – only protect three defenders. Yeah. Because basically you have your captain, Jared Spurgeon, mm-hmm. Ryan Suter, Matt Dumba, and Jonas Brodin. So at this I can point, tell you who they would, ex- who they would expose if they can uh, get him to agree to do it. It's Ryan Suter. Well, yeah, of course they want that contract off their books. Yeah. But I, I believe he's got the no movement there. He does. Yeah. So uh, they would have to agree for him to uh, to waive that in order to uh, to expose him, which I don't think he would do, quite frankly. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't either. Um, if, if not that, I don't know. That would be the one thing. They can try and trade out, trade out of their surplus of defenders to try and get some offensive help. Yeah. Because the defender, the defense does make a lot of money. Yes, yes, it does. So maybe Matt Dumba, just because he is the shortest contract out of the, out of those four? Potentially. Or maybe try and trade him and see if you can get something for him. And if, he's you're, the only, if you're going to go and do that. And he's the only one that doesn't have a no movement clause? Or you set, you send a first-round pick to uh, Seattle and a player that's attached and have them pick someone that's not named Matty Dumba. Yeah. You could potentially do that as well. 
All right, so we move on to the San Jose Sharks. They have about $10 million in cap space. Uh, they are sellers, 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 sellers. Uh, Devin Dubnik, for me, is the one guy that is going to be 100% available. Doug Wilson should be fielding calls for him, without a doubt, um, even though his numbers this season do not suggest that a contender should be really pressing for Dubnik. But... You know, the, if there's a massive one that I think, you know, you could be looking at and saying, you know, maybe a sleeper is if someone like Brent Burns asks for a way out of San Jose. That would be very interesting. I I could see that happening, though. I was thinking they could just trade Patrick Marlowe again. They could. They very easily could. Try and give him another shot at the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely could. All right. St. Louis Blues easy they have no cap space whatsoever but they are again uh one of those teams that you know they if they get healthy and they get hot they can make a run at a stanley cup again um but fair play to uh doug dougie armstrong he's one of the best general managers in the national hockey league does it again in terms of fielding a very 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 good team and i think them getting vlad tarasenko back and getting him back up to speed really, really, really improves this team's chances of making a run for the Stanley Cup. But I don't think St. Louis is going to go and do much. Um, but I think they are a team that can make a lot of noise in the, in the playoffs. I agree. All right, next is the best team in, in the National Hockey League. Uh, yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights. Very, very swiftly moving on to the Golden Knights. $140,000 in cap space. Um this team basically has everything that they want. I mean, they have three unrestricted free agents of note at the end of the year with probably the most notable being the aforementioned guy that we never, ever, 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 ever talk about as New York Rangers fans. Adam, I will not say his name, but if you would like to say, if you would like to say, okay, so we'll just Uh, say, fine, um, I'll say it. I'll say it. All right, hold on. Let me just take my earphones out. So I don't hear you. Go ahead. Alec Martinez. Are you done? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Great. I didn't hear it. So what do the Golden Knights need? Um, they don't need anything. <laughs> they, they, they really don't need anything. But we've seen it before with Kelly McCrimmon. He likes to make a splashy move or two this time of year. So don't be surprised if you see the Golden Knights going out and just pulling one out of their back pocket and making a, a deal. It, it is absolutely possible. Who, who, who could they possibly trade for? <sighs> That's a great question. Who do they, what do they need? They don't really need anything. They don't maybe, need anything. I may, maybe a winger. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a center. A center possibly. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I just think that, Maybe rounding out their bottom six would be the way to go, because I think their 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 front their top six is probably one of the it's if if not the best one of the best top six forward groups in the National Hockey League. Of course, spearheaded by former producer of the Basement Talk podcast, Matt Birdsall, second favorite player in the National Hockey League, Mark Stone. Mark Stone's great. Um, I, I like him too. Yeah, so I I don't think there's much to uh, to talk about with the uh, with the Golden Knights. I don't think. 
Yeah, I think that one player that Vegas could, as a center, maybe Vegas can try and nab Eric Halla from they could. the National Predators. Did he used to play? Was he picked by them in the expansion draft, or am I thinking of somebody else? Maybe that was an NHL franchise mode that I'm thinking of that I did because he was a he was solid. Um, I will tell you right now. Eric Halla. He was on the Knights. There you go. He was on the Knights. Yep. Good call, Adam. Good, 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 good call. All right. So we are going to be going from Eric Halla's old team to Eric Halla's also old team. And that is the Carolina Hurricanes. I was going to say, we're not up to Nashville yet. No, we're not up to Nashville yet. $11.7 million in projected deadline cap space. Uh, they are going to be buyers for me. I think the one thing that they need is a center. They need one desperately. Um, you know, we've talked about Mikkel Granlund, I think about 500 times over the course of the episode. He is a great fit for Carolina. And I think Sam Bennett as well could be a really, really good fit. In, in Carolina. So I think those are two guys that can absolutely improve this Carolina Hurricanes team. Yeah. Uh, lest we forget, two other names that people talk about a lot are uh, Luke, Luke Lindenning, who has playoff experience. Yep. And uh, somebody who maybe not has, not has as much playoff experience, but uh, somebody like Riley Nash, also of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like those fits a lot. But uh, Riley Nash is actually rumored to be reunited with Bill Zito in Florida. Hmm. So who knows? Interesting. I don't have any sources on it. He's just rumored. So Adam Castor just making assumptions. I'm just, well, you know, it's no, I, I, but listen, I think it's a good one. I think it's a really good one. So we move on to our Chicago Bears correspondent, Benny Gable, his favorite hockey team of all time, the Chicago Blackhawks. They, they are in an interesting, interesting spot because they are tied right now for fourth in the division to get into the playoffs. They should not be a contender. They're not a contender, but they're, they've outperformed everyone's expectations for them. So fair play to the Blackhawks for that. But what do you do if you're Stan Bowman here? I think what you have to do with the fact that you are up against the cap ceiling you have no choice but to sell, sell, sell as much as you possibly can and continue to embrace this youth movement that they have while, of course, you still have Jonathan Taze and you still have Patrick Kane in tow. I think if you could do a deal where possibly because they have so many centers, Chicago, if you're trading one of the younger centers, potentially a Pius Suter or a David Kampf or even a Dylan Strom, I think you can get a nice return for someone like Dylan Strom, given he has been eh in Chicago. He's 24, so he's still got a lot of room to grow. Uh, wow, and Strom underperforming? I've never heard this before. Never heard that one before in my life. And just needed a change of scenery for him to realize his full potential. I've never heard that one before in my entire life. Me neither. But yeah, I think, 
you know, if you can tell me that Chicago is going to be moving a center, I would say it's good business by, by the Blackhawks and just trying to shed as much salary as possible again. Yeah. It's kind of funny how it worked out. Cause I think that especially starting off, everybody thought that Chicago was going to be God awful because they, it took them forever to win it, to even win a game. And the goaltending didn't really help them. But now uh, that they have Kevin Lankinen, who has been basically standing on his head for, for the Blackhawks, it has kept them in, in contention. But I think that Stan Bowman kind of has to realize that the window, he's on, he's on the backside of this window. And see if, I don't think anybody's going to take the contracts of Kane or Taves or even the, the uh, LTIR contract of Brent Seabrook, who is still going to be there for uh, four, four more years or three more years. Sure. But just find, just find more ways to shed salary. Yep, I agree with you, Adam. And get prospects. I agree with you. All right, another easy one. The Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, they are sellers for me. Uh, I think that this is going to be something of a full-on rebuild for them. And, you know, they have to take care of their own. They have to re-sign Nick Foligno, if that's the way they are going to go there. Uh, and they have to, of course, re-sign Patrick Laine, who is a restricted free agent. If they have pieces that they could, that could be moved, Adam mentioned Riley Nash before. I think he's a very popular choice. Um, how about Michael Delzato? As well, our, our old buddy. And when I say oh, our Michael old Del buddy, Zotto. I mean your old buddy because fuck Michael Delzato. I do not like Michael Delzato. I digress nonetheless. I think he could be a very good left-sided defenseman for a team that's looking for a bit of offensive spark. Uh, maybe as a sixth or seventh defenseman, I think would be a uh, a fine fine way to assess Delzato and could get, um, could get Columbus, you know, something there. So... Yeah, I think Columbus is a seller, and they are going to uh, be looking to deal as much as they possibly can. And David Savard as well, I think, could be a uh, a really, really intriguing piece for uh, contending teams. Someone, someone potentially like the Philadelphia Flyers, let's say. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to mention David Savard, but I think one person that I feel like a lot of the beat writers are mentioning is Elvis Merzlikens. Yeah. And I mean, he's making $4 million. I think that Columbus believes that uh, Jonas Corposalo is the guy going forward. And I mean, strike while the iron's hot, get the sell high on Elvis, Mer, Elvis Merzlikens. I agree. Agree with you hundred percent, Adam. Very, very, very good shout. All righty. Move on to the Dallas stars. The disappointment of the season. I mean, injuries have definitely gotten them with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben. but to all the people who said I was crazy for saying Dallas stars would make, would not make the playoffs. Uh, fuck all of you. I digress. Uh, Dallas needs to be selling, 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 selling. I think one guy could, who could be on the move could be someone like Blake Como, former New York Islander. So fuck him. And I think, do I dare even say this, but someone that I think could be an interesting target for a team at the deadline, if Dallas is inclined to move him, who has one year left on his deal at around four and a quarter million dollars a year, 
How about John Klingberg? Wow, that's a that's an underrated shout. I don't hear anybody talking about John Klingberg. No, I think that could be a really interesting piece that Here could gain some traction. Series, but now you you are coming with the with the hottest of takes. Yeah. We're trading alternate captains over here. We are. We are. Yeah, I, I think John Klingberg could be it could be a good shout, especially if Dallas is looking to free up some cap space because they have to re-sign Miro Heiskanen. So they basically could have to make a choice between Klingberg or Heiskanen. Well, I was thinking about a good two-way defenseman. Uh, he used to play for the Florida Panthers, Mark Pissick. Mm. He's a pending UFA, 29 years old, only making $750,000. I mean, yeah, definitely a not that risky no. kind of uh, move. No, you can get a, a late round pick for him. I think that would be uh, that'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be okay for for Dallas. All right, another easy one: the Detroit Red Wings. What a job that Steve Eiserman has done with this this hockey club. What an unbelievable job that he has done. Uh, I think you know Bobby Ryan, Mark Stahl, two players that that came in have been really really good for Detroit and have really served their purpose. Uh, I think both of them could be moved at this this deadline. Uh, Worth noting that Mark Stahl has a no movement clause that he already yeah, waived but, once. Basically. Yeah, I think he could he could end up waiving it again to go to a contender. I would think. I think maybe if you say Mark Stahl to uh, Montreal, reunite with Eric. And they need a left sided defenseman that could or work. He goes to Carolina and with Jordan with Jordan. It's it's a possibility. It it definitely is a possibility. But Stevie Eiserman got a second round pick from the Rangers to take on Mark Stahl's contract, and now could get a second or a third round pick for Mark Stahl. So, absolutely a hell of a job done by Steve. Damn it, he Ryan Spoonered us. He Ryan Spoonered us. He absolutely absolutely did. And I think another guy that could be moved uh, that isn't getting enough traction here. How about Tyler Bertuzzi? A pending, that's, a good, that's a good shout. A, a pending restricted free agent. I think that Stevie Eiserman could be could listen on calls if teams are calling about someone like Tyler Bertuzzi or even Anthony Mantha, both who are pending restricted free agents. Well, excuse yeah. me, Bertuzzi is, Anthony Mantha is not. Right. Well, I think they would have to wait for uh, Bertuzzi to get off of injured reserve. And same thing with Jonathan Bernier, who everybody is talking about uh, as well. Yep. And we'll see if he's going to be the best goalie on the market, then that would help uh, Detroit in terms of trying to recoup some assets there if he just turns to be the best goalie in the market. All righty. The Florida Panthers, they have $16.3 million in cap space. Um, They are going to be buyers. Isn't it fun when you have a surprise contending window and you have like all this money that you can yeah. spend. Yeah, and they, they need a defenseman desperately after losing Aaron Ekblad. They need a defenseman. Plain oh, and simple. Yeah. They definitely do. Anything else you want to say about uh, Coach Q? Well, he he's great. But I think that, you know, as far as defensemen are concerned, they can shop in the uh, – they can really shop at the top shelf either the top shelf where they could just take on, they could take on money and that's going to be a huge key for them in the trade deadline. Yeah. They could be like, Oh, Alex Golagoski, you don't even need to retain salary. We can take him. We can take the full cap hit. 
uh, for, for this year, $5.475 million. Or, I mean, if they want to take on Brandon Montour or Ryan Murray of the New Jersey Devils or even David Savard that we just talked about, yeah. they can do that as well. But they do need a defenseman. That is a, that is a good point. All right, the Nashville Predators, $13.3 million in cap space. This is an interesting team because I think they could be buyers. I think they could be sellers at this deadline. I think it really depends on the offers that come in for some of their players. I think one guy that I think I'm very interested in, in terms of could Nashville move him is defenseman Dante Fabro. I think that could be someone that who has completely outperformed what his expectations were coming into the year. I think if there's a team that wants to take a chance on someone like Fabro, he could net a nice return for Nashville, only 22 years old. He's a top four capable right-handed shot. So I think that he could be someone that's on the move. And Kale Yonkrock as well, who has one year left on his deal at about $2 million a year. So that could be someone else that's moved. But then on the flip side, I could see Nashville potentially buying and trying to get a top six forward. Yeah, well, the thing, the key thing for Nashville is that they have big, big UFA and RFA years for a lot of their players. I mean, first of all, Pekarene and UC Soros are both going to be free agents. Uh, Rene is a UFA, Soros an RFA. Uh, the aforementioned Mikhail Granlin is going to be UFA. Eric Halla is going to be UFA. Eli Tolvinen or Eli Tolvinen is going to be an RFA. Uh, Dante Fabro is going to be an RFA. And at this point, they need to get more money to actually kind of sign these players to, to contracts at this point. Mm-hmm. And if Nashville thinks that they're going to, if they, if Nashville doesn't think they're going to actually contend for the Stanley cup, maybe David Poyle thinks about maybe even entertaining offers. This is sacrilegious. Entertaining offers for Philip Forsberg? Oof. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, he would immediately be, I think, probably one of the top names on the market and would command a nice haul for, for Nashville. I mean, you can get some serious prospects for somebody like Philip Forsberg. Absolutely. That would, be, could. that would be a Vegas move. Let me tell you. Vegas would be the team that would be like, fuck it. We're going to trade for Philip Forsberg. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. That is a yeah, it's a McCrimmon, McCrimmon kind of kind of deal. All right, so the last team on the menu, the Tampa Bay Lightning, no cap space for them, but they are buyers, I believe. Um, and I think if there's one way, I was reading something earlier today where if they were to go out and acquire someone like Brent Seabrook's contract, that would actually free up space for next year. So. I don't know if that's like a if that's a deal that would help them on the ice. I don't think the they lightning need much are help. cheaters. That's che- it's cheating. The third- I don't th- yeah, I don't. I don't think they need much help. The only other way that they can potentially do something is if they were to put Nikita Kucherov on long-term injured reserve, and they would Which free they up some space did. there. And they already did that exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I just don't think that there's much for uh, Tampa to really do. That would be crazy. It was like, hey, sure, why not? Let's just take on that contract. We'll stick him. We'll stick him next to Marion Gabrick's contract. Also. Exactly. 
Exactly. I can't believe they still have, they have Marion Gabrick's contract. That doesn't even make any sense. I don't even know when they traded for him. Does he get a Stanley Cup ring? Well, it would be better than the other one that he got. Very true. Very, very, very true. So, Adam, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the trade deadline with me. No problem. Happy to always do it. I I say this either off air or on air. I love talking about hockey because a lot of my friends just don't like talking about hockey. It's the best to talk about. It is. It's Besides fantasy sport. football, of course. Yeah, well, that's a given. But ho- hockey yes. is a good second. Close second. Yes, it is a very, very, very close second. And thank you, of course, for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Trade Deadline special. Go check out the rest of the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts. If you want to hear more of Adam and I, definitely tune into the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show. Jake will be on that for two episodes this week. We'll be talking about the NFC South and the AFC West. So be on the lookout for that. And make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review on Adam. Now, correct me if I get all these right. Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is there one more? Uh, there's SoundCloud. And SoundCloud. Yes, that too. That too. Go check us out all on there. Adam is much better at this outro than I am. So for Adam Caster, I'm Ed Bruxel. Bye-bye. <laughs>